Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We've been talking about, uh, started a series last week that I think is a very important series on learning to hear from God. Now, when I say learning to hear from God, depending on your background, depending on where you're from and what what you grew up with, uh, that can be a little scary for some people. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You you mean God's going to actually, God, the creator of the universe, is going to talk to us and going to communicate with us? Yes, but it's not audible. We're not looking for audible voices. We're not looking for booming, flaming scrolls. We're not looking for anything big. But yet God still talks with his people. He loves his children. We're his children. And so he has always, always communicated with his, his children. Now, some people say, well, you know, Alan, God stopped talking to his people when we have the Bible. There are so many things in life that the Bible guides us in, but it doesn't give us specifics. You're praying about, should I take this job or that job? You can't turn to a scripture and say, thou shalt work for, you shall go to work for the art church staff. It's not there, but you need God's wisdom on that. And so God can talk. Now, we, we've been talking, we've been talking about that, and we will talk about different ways that he does it. But the thing you have to open yourself up to is that the Lord loves you enough to communicate with you, and he wants to communicate with you because the basis of any good relationship is communication. That's one of the great bases. If Joy and I never spoke to each other, our relationship would not be good. And so the fact that we can talk, the fact that we can share, it, it makes the relationship so much better and the fact that we can share and talk with the Lord is so good. It's a, this is a personal relationship. This is not just a religious duty. So we you took a text from John where Jesus is speaking here. And he said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. They follow me. If you're a believer, how many of you know you're, we're his sheep? Where you say, well, I don't like being likened to a sheep. Well, sorry, you're a sheep. <laughs> we're his sheep. And because... And the good news is that makes him our shepherd. And if the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not. Mm, That's a good deal. So he's our shepherd. We are his sheep. And I like this. He says, and I know them. He knows us. And they follow me. He knows us. And I'm just so, I'm so encouraged by that. That the Lord knows us. He doesn't cookie cutter it. He knows us. He knows us individually. He can speak to us individually in ways that we understand in ways that that he can communicate with us. And so we're his sheep. We know his voice. We hear his voice. And so one of the things I encouraged everyone last week, and you're you're welcome to go and download that, I encouraged everyone to not say again, I can never hear from the Lord. Just don't say it. And uh, if you're going to say something, just say, thank God I'm his sheep. I hear his voice. And the voice of a stranger, I don't follow. And so just, just say what he says. Now, we are, are using a, a little bit of a template from what, what's called the Emmaus, the Emmaus Road account. After Jesus was uh, resurrected, uh, he had an encounter with two disciples on the road to Emmaus. So let's read that, and then we'll recap a little bit, and then go into some of the part of it. Now, behold, two of them were traveling. Now, some, some people think that the two of them, they think they're a couple. They think it's Cleopas and his wife. And I... I can't prove it is or isn't, so we'll figure it out in heaven. Behold, two of them 
were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which is seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? That one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? You've not known the things which happened there in these days? And he, Jesus, said to them, what things? So they said to them, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. So they began to talk with Jesus, and Jesus came up, up beside them and began to, to talk with them. So let's talk a little bit about it. It's interesting that they did not recognize him. Now, I don't know everything about that. People have different, uh, different perspectives of that. But after Jesus was resurrected, there's something ab ab about him that has changed. Again, he could walk through, a body, uh, walk through walls. Remember, he would, the doors would be shut and he would appear to his disciples and he would say, peace be to you, which is always good to say if you don't come through the door. You, you just show up and everyone's jumpy. And he's like, no peace, guys, it, it's all right. And remember, he also said, handle me, for he said, for a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone like I have. And so they were still able, and he was still able to eat, which is interesting. That we, I believe we're still going to be able to eat in heaven because there's a marriage supper of the Lamb, and we won't get fat. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but he was able to eat, uh, and yet he had, still has scars in his hands. And, but he must be able to change form somewhat so that they didn't recognize him. And you say, well, what's that got to do with us? You know, a lot of times we, don't, we have to be sensitive to recognize when the Lord is talking to us. You know, he doesn't always come with the blaring trumpet. In fact, you'll find he whispers more than he shouts. And so we, we have to be, be sensitive to being to pick up on some of the whispers of his heart. I tell you, a reason a lot of times we don't hear from the Lord, guys, is we're so busy. And we're so busy, we're so, we're so, we're so busy and distracted. They came out with the iPhone, what, about 2010? Matt, is that when they came out? 2008. 2008. Thank you. Seven. I got seven, I got eight. Who gave me, who gave me nine? I got nine, I got nine. Right. Around then, it came out. And, and, uh, and I, boy, I'm, I'm grateful for some of the things. There, but how many of you recognize that we're more distracted now than we've ever been? Am I the only one that has left the home sometime and then whipped it around and gone back into the house because I forgot my phone and I was only going a couple of miles away just for on a short thing? We get, we get, oh, don't look at me like I'm the only one. We get addicted to it. And so a, a lot of times the distractions that are involved in it, I think the Lord's sometimes trying to talk to us and, and, and a text comes in. You're like, excuse me, Lord. Ding. And we, we're, we're responding to that. But he doesn't always shout. He's not obvious. Jesus, Jesus noticed they were sad. He said, why are you guys sad? And uh, I, I thought it was interesting that he did notice their condition. And so he knows our condition and understands what, what position we are in. The second thing, third thing is he listened to what was on their hearts. He said, what things, guys? And they just really begin to pour out their hearts on how they thought. And I won't take time to read it, but they thought that, that Jesus was a prophet and He's mighty in word and deed. They thought he was the one that was going to redeem Israel and turn the power back to Israel and get rid of the Romans. And, and, and it didn't happen. And they crucified him. 
and then some women came and said that he was alive. And, and so they were just, it was, a, it was a tough time. And I think it's interesting what Jesus did next. He revealed himself in the scriptures first. Look at this next passage. Then he said to them, this is the two guys or couple or whoever on the road. He said, oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Isn't it fascinating? They were, they were talking about Jesus and they were talking about, you know, some people said he, he was alive and they didn't see him at the tomb. And, you know, that would have been a great time for Jesus to go, ta-da, it's me. And he looked at them and just said, guys, you guys are slow to believe. And it's interesting how Jesus actually took them back to, Old Test to Moses and the Old Testament prophets. In the Bible, as, as you begin to read the scriptures, you'll find that there were scriptures in the Psalms and in all the prophets where you get glimpses that are prophetic of who Jesus was. Isaiah 53 is, is a great chapter if you ever take the time to read that. And that talks about him taking our pains and our sufferings and that we thought he was just smitten of God, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. You, there are scriptures throughout Psalms 20, I believe it's Psalms 22, that talks about they cast lots for my garments. And so all through the, the Old Testament, there are pictures of Jesus. And Jesus, to help these guys, he went back to the scriptures to tell them who he was. He didn't just say, hey, you remember the miracles? Hey, remember that time we were talking? He went to the scriptures first. Now listen, here's my point with that. In hearing from God, it has to be scripture first. We have to learn. A lot of times people say, I need the Lord to talk to me. I need the Lord to talk to me. Here's, here's my first thing. Find out what he's already said in the scriptures. Find out. So we start with the scriptures, and then they become the baseline. They become the foundation for what we're looking for. The scriptures are where we start to hear from God, and we allow the Holy Spirit to open up about him. We judge everything by the scriptures. Are there dreams? Does God still speak to people in dreams? Yes. Visions? Yes. Can you speak to people through uh, someone giving you a word to say, you know, the Lord just put this on my heart and share that with you. Has that happened before? Yes, absolutely. I was sitting next to a, a girl one time in, in a prayer school up in uh, Oklahoma when I was in Bible school. And she was telling me about just some trauma she was going through. Actually, she was dealing with panic attacks and anxiety and she was just a mess. And she was telling me that. And as I'm sitting there, man, all of a sudden, I just knew, and I looked at her, I said, you're going to get set free today. Now, this was not, this was not Alan going, I wasn't trying to be optimistic. The Lord spoke to my heart and told her that. And sure enough, we had a prayer time after that, and it seemed like just something just broke off of her. And I just remember the look on her face completely changed, and she began to weep. And she, she, she looked me up and said, you were so right. I didn't do it. The Lord did it. But can he do that today? Absolutely. We were sitting in church one day and a lady behind us, this was at Lakewood years ago, and a lady behind us tapped us on the shoulder and she looked at us, she said, 
She said, I know I don't know you guys and know who you are. She said, but I just, I just, just sense from the Lord that you guys are going to be pastors. And we like, thank you. We turned around and went, oh. <laughs> We never thought we were. And, and, but she had been right. And so can the Lord do that? Can, how about dreams? He can talk to people in dreams. Now let me just help you with dreams. Dreams, you need to judge dreams by scripture. If you wake up with a weird dream, it does not necessarily mean it was the Lord. It could mean you ate too much before you went to bed. And you had a weird dream. But so don't, don't get all caught up in dreams. But can the Lord speak to, in dreams? Interesting story. A young lady um, who is uh, raised in Iran, northern Iran. She's Kurdish. You know, the, uh, and the Kurds and the, uh, and the Iranians fight. They're, man, they're fighting all the time. And the uh, Iranians killed six of her cousins and arrested her when she was 16 years old and made her confess to some things that she had never done and, and made, her, made her write out this statement of guilt. And she became filled with so much hate that she was going to leave and go into the mountains and join the Kurdish militia and fight the Iranians and kill as many of them as she could. Before she did that, she, she would go to mosque. She said she was Muslim. She would go to mosque. She would pray. She said, but she never got any answers from Allah and just, just really wondered if he was real. And she told, she told God, she said, God, now I, I don't suggest you do this. She said, God, I'm going to give you seven days to talk to me. She said, and if you don't, I'm going to act like you never existed. She said, I'm going to go, it's a Persian word like gahar, and it means I'm going to be always angry at you. You know people like that. Just look straight ahead. They're just perpetually angry. She said, I'm, no, I'm never going to be, never going to be okay with you. I'm going to act like you don't exist. On the night of the seventh, the seventh night, she told the Lord, she said, this is your last chance, God. And that night she had a dream. She said she walked into a, a, a vast reception room, a lot of people. And she kind of felt lonely and, and alone, she said. And then she looked and she right, just right in front of her, leaning up against the wall, was Jesus. The one that in the Koran is considered a holy prophet, not the son of God. And she, she, looked at, she looked at him and she kind of felt nervous. She said, he just had this, this glow about him. And she asked him, she said, uh, I came to talk to God. And she said, Jesus looked directly at her and said, talk. And she said, no, no, you don't understand. I came to talk to God. I need to talk to God. And Jesus looked at her again and said, talk. She said, then he said very slowly, I am God. I am God. And she began to pour out her heart. She said she just talked to him. And he spoke back to her. And uh, when she woke up, she was convinced that he was God. But here's what's interesting. Does that, you say, well, man, that's an unusual dream. Yeah, but it does line up with scripture. He is God. And so she, she's not even a believer yet. She goes and tells her, uh, whoever's the head of the mosque, that, she, that Jesus was God. And, she, and he's like, no, Jesus can't be God. Her family laughed at her. But sitting on a park bench somewhere in Iran, someone handed her a, a New Testament in Persian and, when she, and then invited her to church. And when she went to church, she heard the pastor talk about that God is love. And when she went 
When church was over, she went on the park bench and she read that New Testament. And she read where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. And she knew immediately that was it. And she recognized Jesus as her Savior, asked him into her life. And was born again right there. Now the guy she was telling this story, he said, well, did you go into the, did you join the Kurdish militia? She said, oh, no, no. I don't want to kill people anymore. She said, I want to bring life. So she said, I planted five churches already in Iran. Iran actually is one of the fastest growing churches in the world. And a lot of it is women. Don't tell some of the Americans, they don't like that, but it's women planting churches over there. Fastest growing church. Does that dream line up with scripture? Yes. Does that dream point her to, to Jesus? Yes. And then she had to receive him on her own. And, and by the way, uh, if you read stories like that, in the, in the Middle East, Jesus is appearing to people left and right in dreams. And they, it's, it's amazing. I'll tell you something, guys. God's doing something all over the world, not just here. He's doing something all, I mean, in other places. I, I just, we just read right now in India. They got a church in India. You ready for this? They got 300,000 people attend this church. They start, they start their first service at 6 o'clock in the morning. And people show up at 4 o'clock in the morning. God's doing some great things. We need to pray that God does that in our country. We need, we need that here. Here's what, here's what you like. They have services like all day. They've got, they've got just thousands and thousands of people. And everyone checks in with a card. When you, have a, when you go there, it's like an ATM. And you check in so they know you're in church. I'm going to tell you something. You know God's moving if people will check in to let, to let their pastors know they were in church. Think that would work here? I don't think so. But God's doing some amazing things. Dreams, visions. He can have words through other people. But we always check it out with Scripture. Does it line up with Scripture? I had a young man come up to the front one time. He was talking to me. We were, we were praying for people. He was right here. I was standing right here. And he came and started telling me this story. And he was telling me this story about Jesus. And Jesus was, 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 he was doing some really mean things. And, and, and I stopped him. I said, whoa, whoa. I said, whoa, brother. I said, hang on. Hang on. That's not, that's not the Lord. And he's mad. He said, well, I had a dream. It was a supernatural dream. I said, I don't care if you had a supernatural dream or not. Jesus is not doing mean things and being harsh to people. He got, he got angry at me. But the scripture, it has to abide with scripture. He said, I am meek and lowly and hard. I'm not mean in hurting people. The, do you see where I'm going with this? You can't, just because you have a dream and it may seem supernatural, does not mean that it lines up with scripture. You go to the scripture. When they said, Tell us about Jesus. He started with the scriptures to tell them about himself. That's where we start. That becomes the baseline. That's what Paul would do when he would go into different places. He would talk to them and he would talk to the Jews and he always talked to them about the scriptures. Look at this in Acts. This is Paul. He's going into Thessalonica. Paul's his custom was, went to them and for three Sabbaths, now he's in the Jewish synagogue, he reasoned with them from the scriptures explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of, them, of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. 
Paul would go in, he would always start, typically he would, if he could find a synagogue, he would go into the synagogue and he would start reasoning with the Jews according to the scriptures. Now, when he would go to the Gentiles, a lot of times the Gentiles did not have a basis for scriptures. He was scriptural, but they didn't use scriptures as a baseline for them. So he goes in and to, to the Jewish people and he's reasoning with them three Sabbaths and he's talking with them. He's very educated. He's talking with them about the scriptures. Well, that made them mad and thus like a big uproar and they pretty much kicked him out of town. So he went to a place called Berea. Now look what it says about Berea. It said Berea, the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. That word fair-minded also means noble than those in Thessalonica in that when they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. Why do I keep going over this? Because you have to have scriptures as a baseline. You do not want to be saying, well, you know, I just heard this from God. And people will come up with some crazy stuff that they said God told them to do or, or God said this or God said this. Does it line up with Scripture? I was at a meeting one night. Joy and I just got out of Bible school. And a guy uh, began to speak over us. And he began to speak all these glowing things that we were going to be this big ministry and we were going to be amazing. And, and, and I, I told Joy, I said, hmm. I said, something about that just didn't write. And what I realized wasn't right is when the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you, he's not going to exalt you. He will exalt Jesus. He'll encourage you, but he's not going to exalt you. So we listen to, we listen to the scriptures. And then we listen to, does it bear witness with our heart? You ever had someone say something to you and you just kind of went, hmm, that's not good. And so you, you begin to back off. Scriptures, pay attention to your heart. That's the basis. That's Paul's pattern. God's word is the light by which we see by. Psalms 119, 130 says the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So in the word, in God's word is when we see Jesus. The great, great thing about reading the gospels. Right now we're reading Bible 365. I encourage you to do it. As we, as we read it, we are, we're, seeing, we're seeing Jesus. And here's the beautiful thing. You may say, well, I read that last year. Well, if you read it this year, what you're going to find is you'll see something more about him all the time. And so, but here's the deal. Don't just read it to check a box. Read it to see. Read it to understand. Read it to say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to see you. So I'm just not reading it like, okay, I, I read my Bible. I checked that box. We're good. No. I, I want to see you, Lord. I do devotionals every, uh, every day. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I, I write them and then I do the audio version of them. I, I think this is like the fourth year, about the fourth year that I've done, fourth year. So are you going to keep doing them? Yeah. Aren't you, aren't, aren't you repeating yourself occasionally? But here's what I find about God's word. It's always bringing light. And every time I read it, I see more. And you know who I see more of? I see Jesus more and more. And the more I see him, the more I appreciate him. And the more I love him and the more I value what he's doing and what he's done. And so don't just read it as a duty. When you read the scriptures is when you see Jesus. When you read the scriptures is we get a picture of who God is like. See, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And also we begin to read the scriptures and you begin to read that God, he said, you're a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, abundant mercy and truth. 
You begin to get glimpses of who God is. And you begin to see, where do we see him first? We see him in the scriptures first. And then we begin to, we begin to hear and begin to recognize his voice. See, if you begin to read his, his word, you begin to recognize his voice. And then when he, when, when he whispers something to your heart, you'll go, hmm, that's him. And if it's not, you'll go, oh, that sounded weird. How many of you know loved ones right now can, you can pick up the phone and within two syllables, you know exactly who you're talking to. They call you and you, they don't have to introduce themselves. They just start talking. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know you. And if you hadn't heard from them in a long time, you're like, ooh, maybe. But I'm telling you something, Joy could call me and without even seeing her, her name pop up on the screen, as soon as I hear her voice, I know that's her. We talk, we communicate, I know her voice. The more you see his voice in scriptures, the more you begin to recognize his voice when he speaks to your heart. So we see Jesus, we see God, we see the work of the Holy Spirit and his role. And I'm going to jump to something before we close. And this was just something that was on, on, on my heart, and I just want to share it with you. Um, when Jesus was walking on the road to Emmaus with the two individuals, he said, why are you sad? And then later on, he, he corrected them. He said, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said. Now, here's something that, uh, this, this will help you. There are so many people who are sad right now. Just it, sadness, it seems like it's an epidemic of people who are sad and, and believers who are sad. And, and here's why I want to encourage you in this. When you realize that, that you're sad, now, listen, if you just lost a loved one or just had something traumatic, of course there's going to be some sadness. But how many of you, I'm just talking about the sadness is you don't even know why you're sad. And you're just like, here's, here, here's a verse here. This will help you. Jesus corrected them. He said, you need to believe what the prophets said. <clears throat> Actually, um, guys, if you could jump, I, I, I pulled a fast one on you. If you could jump all the way down to the Romans scripture. Romans 15, 13. You can go to that one. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope, can, the God of hope, that word hope is not a wish. It's a favorable expectation. Our God is a God of, he's not gloom and doom and he's not negative. He's a God of a favorable expectation. You know, when we think about going to heaven, we're not thinking, oh, we're thinking heaven's going to be a good place. Mm-hmm. We, got a fav- we got the hope of heaven. That's a favorable expectation. He said, but he said that we are filled with joy and peace when we're believing the right things. If you've been sad and you've been dealing just with a lot of sadness and you're like, I just don't know why I'm sad. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to check up what am I believing? Am I believing that God can't help me and my situation's never going to get better. And I just, I'm just this, or I'm just a loser, or I'm just that, or I'm something, I'm something else. Listen, listen. What you believe can determine whether or not you're going to be full of joy or full of sadness. And if you're saying, well, man, I've been full of sadness. My whole family's sad. Everybody's sad. We're just a sad family. Oh, just sad. Doesn't have to be your destiny. Amen. And your destiny is you can believe. What if you believe that the Lord would help you? Yes. 
that we can boldly say the Lord is my help. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. We can boldly say the Lord is our helper. I was talking with Joy one time. We were talking about a situation and, and dealing with a family member, and she's like, she's like, Alan, I don't know what to do. I don't even know, no, I don't even know what to believe in this thing. I, I don't even know what to believe, and it's causing some problems. And I just, rare moment of insight, I said, hey, why don't we just believe this, that the Lord can help us? Amen. That's not, that's not, uh, that's not too much. But if you believe that the Lord's going to help you, it's going to take the edge off that sadness. You say, well, you know, not everything's perfect in life. I'm going to tell, tell you something. If you ever get to the place where everything's perfect, pinch yourself because you just died. <laughs> have, you, have, have we not figured out that life, life is never going to get to the place where everything is perfect? where everything is wonderful, everything is rosy. Because, and I'm going to tell you something, because when you do get to that place, you know what most people are doing? They're like, oh, things are too good. Something bad's about to happen. So why don't we just understand we're going to deal with challenges, we're going to deal with problems, but we do not have to deal with them on our own. We are not by ourselves. We have help. And if we have help, then we don't have to be sad and act like we don't have it. And we can begin to say, Lord, thank you. There's enough promises that you've promised me. And that's what, when he spoke to those two, when Jesus, I don't think he was harsh. I don't think he went, well, stupid. Why didn't you believe? I just think he probably shook his head. So, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. Listen, I believe this year we can be quick to believe. That if God said it, I'm going to be quick to believe it. I'm going to be quick to hold on to it. And I'll tell you something, we begin to do that. And sadness begins to become a thing of the past. It does not have to dominate our lives. Does that make sense? Let's be quick to believe he's our helper. Let's be quick to believe he doesn't condemn us. Let's be quick to believe he's there for us. Let's be quick to believe that greater is he who is in us and he who is in the world. Let's be quick to believe that we're a new creation in Christ and old things have passed away and all things have become new and we're no longer condemned, but we are blessed and we are not cursed. Let's be quick to believe that our God is bigger than anything we're facing and he will help us. And we don't have to feel it or see it. We believe it. Amen. And that fills us with joy and peace and believing. Bow your heads, please. <coughs> Father, thank you for your goodness. And I thank you, Father, for those who are dealing right now here and online, just dealing with sadness. And it's been sadness on top of sadness. Thank you for the entrance of your words that bring light. And when your words bring light, they bring hope. And when there's hope, there's joy and there's peace. We believe you. We believe you're helping us. We believe we can give our, exam, our anxieties to you and that we don't have to live just bound up by worry and anxiety. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the joy and peace that only you can bring. Said your bowed eyes are closed if you came this evening or you're watching online and you say, you know what, Alan, I don't, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord or if I do, I don't know it, I'm not sure about it. Or, or maybe you're like I was. I, I had a relationship with God and I went far away from him. And you're here and you think, uh, man, I don't want it to stay that way. I, I want a connection with the Lord. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not going to have you stand up or come down to the front. But I am going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you, one of those situations is you, and you want our prayers, would you just quickly shoot your hand up just across this auditorium and say, that's me. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Thank you. Great. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray.
If you didn't lift your hand and you wanted to, this is, <laughs> hey, listen, you can still get in on this. We're going to pray with you as a church family. Online, if you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with someone else, pray it quietly. But pray this prayer with us. It's short, it's powerful, but it's so good. Say, dear God, dear God I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer, for those who've come for the first time, and for those who've come back. We rejoice with them, and we rejoice that you are our God and you're good, and we'll be singing your praises now and throughout eternity. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.